0: Day, and it's good to see each one of you. And if you're a guest, I hope you've been made to feel welcome. We started a new series last week, Jeff did, and, and uh, I appreciate, boy, Jeff, you know, I, I called, uh, Diane called him on Saturday, and I kind of threw him, threw him out the window, you know, because he had to get that ready overnight, but he did a good job, and I really appreciate him doing that for me. But anyway, we started this series about Jesus is. If I were to pose that question to you this morning, if I were to say Jesus is and there was a line, what would you put in that line? all kinds of different answers that we come up with, you know what I mean? But, but, but it's something about that Jesus, it points to who he is. And so we're going to be talking about that for the next few weeks. Last week we talked about Jesus was a friend and about celebrating him, and today we're going to look at a passage of scripture that I think probably most of the folks who grew up in church have heard, and if you haven't grown up in church, I want you to hear this because this is an amazing passage of scripture. Let's pull that up for me if you would. It's in Matthew, and I'm reading, this is the New uh, Living Translation. Look what Jesus says. Jesus said, come to me, some of you. No. He says, come to me, all of you who are, say it with me, weary and carry a heavy burden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Pray with me. Father, thank you for another day. Thank you for your blessings. God, I thank you so much for your love that you bestow upon us. I thank you for Jesus who demonstrated to us what love truly is and the fact that he gave his life for us, that we could be born again and walk with you in newness of life, Lord. And I thank you for this passage of Scripture today that speaks about what Jesus wants to do for us and so God I pray your blessing upon this time and I pray God you give me the gift to preach and I pray most of all Lord that the Holy Spirit will speak to each person here that it's that it's him that's the teacher Lord and it's Jesus that this is all about and so I pray God that everything we do and say will bring glory to you in this message in Jesus name and everybody together said amen Amen. so uh, you ask questions about who is Jesus and Jesus is and so you get all kinds of points. Um, I want to read a couple quotes to you. I, I googled this. If you do a google on famous people quotes regarding Jesus, listen to some of these things that you hear. Van Gogh, the painter, listen to this. He says this about Jesus. It's a very good thing that you read the Bible. The Bible is Christ for the Old Testament leads up to the culminating point. Christ alone has affirmed as a principle certainty eternal life. The infinity of time, the nothingness of death, and the necessity and the reason of serenity and devotion. He lived serenely as a greater artist than all other artists. Leave it to him to say something about being an artist, right? But watch this. Despising marble and clay as well as color, working in living flesh. Wow. That is to say his matchless artist, this matchless artist, made neither statues nor pictures nor books, He loudly proclaimed that he made living men immortals. Jesus is, according to Benjamin Franklin, as to Jesus of Nazareth, my opinion of whom you particularly desire, I think the system of morals and his religion as he left him to us. The best of the world ever saw or is likely to see, but I apprehended it, has received various corruptions. Another quote about Jesus was the great church father, Martin Luther. He says, the gospel demands not works to make us holy and redeem us. Indeed, it condemns such works and demands only faith in Christ because he has overcome sin, death, and hell for us. And then the last one I want to read to you is from the great Mickey Mantle. If you noticed, I tried to pick some from each category of life. Mickey Mantle, he's a baseball player, I found out. He didn't play the banjo or piano, he played he was a baseball player. No, I knew who Mickey Mantle was. But this is what Mickey Mantle had to say in terms of Jesus. He said, "I'll say I'll just say this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I am trusting Christ's death for me to take for me to take me for him to take me to heaven." Amen. What a beautiful thing to see all these different concepts. And, you know, not everybody has the same opinion about Jesus. If you were to go up to people on the street and say, what do you think about Jesus, you get all kinds of feedback. I don't, when I get into conversations, you know, I, I hear everything. People find out you're a pastor. They start telling you a lot of things. And, and I'll say, so, so what do you think about Jesus? And I've heard it all. I've heard people say, well, he was a great man. He was a good person. He was this. He was that. But as a, as a child of, of, of growing up in the, in, the, in the culture that I did, I'm grateful that I learned that Jesus was more than just a great man. Jesus was the only begotten Son of God. And Jesus came to this world for you and for me. And so when we say Jesus is, for me, Jesus is the point. Jesus is the point. Back in the 70s, I know some of you don't remember that, but... They used to have these bumper stickers, and it said, what would Jesus do? Remember those? We'd see those. And then they had this "The prayer changes," they, and then there was one that said, Jesus is the answer. And I remember being mocked about that. I didn't have one on my car, but I remember one guy I was having a conversation with, he goes, you know, he said, you, got, you Christians, you crack me up. You put these bumper stickers on your car. Jesus is the answer. What does that mean? He said, I don't even know what the question is. i said let me tell you something jesus is the answer for every question because jesus is the point jesus is the point point. and when we put that as the fr- as the front part the thing that we focus on um, it makes a difference in our life now anybody here have a problem paying attention <laughs> i've been married to this my wife for 40 years and she'll say to me when it's really important she'll say look at me both eyes it all started at Applebee's one time. We were sitting there listening to some music and, 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 and I, you know, and, and I'm listening to, you know, I don't know, it was the Doobie Brothers playing, you know, taking it to the streets and I'm, I'm jamming and we're in Applebee's and, and Diane's over there going like this and I'm, see this? <laughs> and she goes, and what do you think about that? And I, I was like, well, she's been talking. I'm going, taking it to the streets. We have to pay attention. I want you to watch this video real quick. Watch this video. there's the question did you see a monkey uh, so so yeah how many of you now tell the truth how many of you saw that when it went through the first time well see some of you pay attention a lot of us don't the first time I watched that I thought I didn't see anything i was trying to count you know i was really on to it and you see really that's the thing that that we talk i want to talk to you about today i want to talk to you about focusing and when we talk about jesus being the point when we talk about that jesus is who he said he was i want to talk to you about do we see him do we see him in the course of our day do we see him in the things that we do do we start from that point you know, I, I, I know you guys get tired to hear me talk about Diane, but that's the only illustrations I got because I live with her and that's what I got, you know. But here's the thing: when you wake up in the morning, she gets up and she's like, ah, oh, la, la, la. She's singing and she's got, and I'm throwing pillows at her, man. I'm like, stop it. And I've told you this before: she starts her day off and, and she goes in and she's getting ready, and, and, she, and I hear this audible, audio vi- Bible thing happening, you know. And I'm not telling you this to, to inflate her, I'm just telling you that she starts her day like that. And I get up about an hour later after she comes in and says goodbye, and I'm just kind of, you know, and I'm walking over, and I'm trying to, she got on me the other day because I turned the coffee pot off. I thought I turned it on. And so, you know, it's about how we approach the things. We get in, the, we get in these, we get in these uh, ruts of life. We get up in the morning, and those of you that, that work, uh, you know, jobs where you travel, man, you rush to the, you ever go to the airport and just sit there and watch people? You know, and did you ever just sit and watch cars in the morning? You ever just watch people in the way that we go? We wake up with an alarm clock, things take off, man, we're going, we grab a cup of coffee, we grab whatever it is, we're, you know, energy drink, we go do our thing, we go through the traffic, we go do our job, we're working, we're doing this, can I get a witness, anybody recognize any of this? And then we're, the next thing you know, you look down, it's lunchtime, you go grab something, and then you're back, and you're doing your thing, and then, and then you come home, and then you got kids you got to take the kids here and you got to do this and then i got to go up to the church and i got to be over here and i got this and and then the next thing you know it's you know you're sitting in a chair and you're kind of doing this and then you go to sleep and then next wake up the next morning alarms going off and, and, and here we go how often do we stop and see what's going on around us you see human beings have had this issue for a long time i mean that's what we do and so it's to this backdrop that Jesus speaks to a group of people and he says, Come unto me and I will give you rest. You're weary and heavy burdens. Come to me and I will give you rest. You see, in the time that he's speaking, these folks were totally, totally taken over by religion. They had taken what they called uh, the, the law and they had taken this simple thing and they had complicated it and they'd filled in these margins. But even from the very beginning, even God gives us an example from the very beginning when he created man. What did he do? Six days, and then what did he do on the seventh? He rested. And, you know, there's times when we have to stop and we rest. If we look at Genesis in chapter 2, verse 2, it says, And on the seventh day God had finished his work for creation, so he rested. God creates the universe, the oceans, and the heavens, and the earth, the birds, and the animals, and the humans, and then he rests. He rests. And the word is Sabbath, it's Shabbat, and it means to stop. Now I've got to tell you, when I started putting this series together a few months ago, a few weeks ago, this smacked me right in the face, because I'm going to tell you something, I never stop. I don't even stop when I'm sleeping. But we need to stop sometimes. Why am I telling you this today? Because I care about you. Because I care about humanity and our spiritual beings. And sometimes, you know what, we can get so busy that we don't even take the time to rest. And Jesus was talking to these folks and he says, You need to stop. You need to rest. (coughs) You need to be refreshed. You know, uh, this is a day that, that I'm involved in church. My Sabbath day, the day that I take to rest, is on Friday. My day typically off is Friday. I try to get Friday off. And so what I do is I, I, you know, I think about Sunday morning, like some people on Sunday mornings, you you rest. You spend time with God and you rest. And and then we, we need to be refreshed. When he talks about this resting in Exodus 31, 14, he says, You must keep the Sabbath, for the Sabbath is a sign of the covenant between me and you from generation to generation. How many Sabbath days do you keep? How many days do you just... And I'm not talking about, you know, just, I'm I'm talking about just resting and just taking time to regroup and refocus. How often do you do that? Because it's healthy for us to do this. It says in the 17th verse of Exodus 31, on the seventh day, he stopped working and was refreshed. Three times this word is used as a verb, and in every one of those cases, it's connected to the Sabbath and resting. It literally literally means to be resold or put back together. That's why we come in this place. That's why we're here is to fellowship and to be retooled and resold, so to speak, and to rest. Jesus instructed them to do that. If Jesus is the point, then we need to keep that as the center. Can I get an amen on that? And it needs to be the focus of what we're talking about. You see, even in the first century... They had taken these rules, these first century Christians, and they'd expounded on them. They went from this to this. we got an example of this. Can you pull that up? The, the, uh, the uh, Hebrew, the, the, the chart of the Hebrew. See that little square? That's what it started with. But look how they filled the margins with everything that they had to do and to keep up with. Think about that for just a second. Do we do that in our lives? Have we done that in our relationship? It's really not that complicated. Nobody could keep up with this. And it became a burden. And Jesus comes along and he says to them, Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Believe in me. Trust in me, Jesus said. And I will give you rest. Relax. That middle part, that's what I told you. Now, I'm glad we don't do this today in religion, aren't you? (laughs) huh <laughs> yeah yeah this thing's a little bit doesn't it because sometimes we get burdened down you know and, and 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 we have a personal relationship with god god's leading you the holy spirit is in your life if you're reading this and involved in a connection group with people and you're around other christians god's speaking to you and leading you and teaching you he said he would do that because jesus is the point And whenever whatever we're doing gets shifted, and I'm talking about church now, okay? Whenever we get in the point where what we're doing is not pointed to Jesus, then we need to redo. And we need to refocus. And we have to be careful that we don't get all of that confused. We need to come to Jesus and stay focused on him. We need to be focused on Jesus when we go out in the morning. I know it's hard. I know it's hard, especially when you're going up I-75 during rush hour. I have to go visit the hospital sometimes, and I'm like, really? Whoa. Like the guy I went to church with, he said, "I don't put a fish on the back of my car because I don't want people to know where I go to church when I'm driving." <laughs> but in this setting, Jesus gives the message of rest. He, named, he makes another comment here. He says, "Take my yoke upon you." Now you know I've, when I was doing uh, whenever I do studies at all, I always try to give you the backdrop of something because I think it makes it mean so much more. I don't. I've never used a yoke. Now, some of you guys that. Grew up maybe farming, maybe you did, I don't know. But a yoke is a thing that it's made out of wood. Well, there we go, right there. And what they do, they put that around the working animals' necks, and the reason they do that is it makes them work together. Nobody's getting ahead, and you're not pulling it on your own. When he was speaking to these people in this culture, they knew exactly what he was talking about. He said, Take my yoke upon thee. Somebody said that there was a legend that Jesus, because he was a carpenter, was known for making these yokes. That's not biblical, I haven't shown that in the biblical, but there was a legend about that and that they were the the best you could buy. But I want to tell you something, the spiritual yoke that Jesus provides, if we walk with him, it's the best you can get. And aren't you glad when we get up in the morning and we have those moments that are happening, or when we're facing things in our lives that are too hard for us, that we can see Jesus in the middle of it? Because here's the thing, Jesus is the point. And when we start from the point of Jesus, we will always be better off. He's offering us help. He's offering you help today with whatever you're carrying. From the weights of the life that you're facing. Doesn't make them go away, but he said, I'll be with you. The beautiful thing about this passage is he doesn't say he will remove the yoke. Did you notice that? Hmm. Well, principle there, isn't it? Principle is that life is difficult. And I would not want to uh, underestimate how tough it can be or give you that kind of of a misleading thing that life can be easy. If you believe Jesus, everything will be great life is tough but life is better with jesus when he's the focal point he says come to me my yoke is easy and the burden i give you is light here's a beautiful principle that he will be with us he, jesus is a very real presence in this world he didn't say i'll teach you about rest he didn't say that i'll point you to the direction of rest he didn't say i'll give you seven steps to rest he said i will give you rest jesus is offering himself he is the thing that brings rest to our hearts and to our lives. Jesus is the point. Now, I'm not a designer. By the way, how you like the new carpet? And how doesn't the sanctuary look beautiful? Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. Yes. I'm not a designer, and if you come to my house, you'll see that. But in every room, they tell me from a designer standpoint that there's a focal point. Like when you walk into a room, I walked into one member of this person, or one member of this church's house, and I walked in the room. And I looked up, and it was blue and white everywhere. And he said, yeah, now let me show you this. Let me show you this. And I'm like, wow, man, and the focal point in that room was University of Kentucky. It was awesome. You know what I mean? You go into certain rooms, it might be a fireplace might be the focal point. Or maybe there may be something set in this room that, you know, this gorgeous. I remember I was out of town. Uh, Diane was out of town one day, and I, she left, and I brought a Harley in the house. I brought it down in the basement and had it in the family room. She FaceTimed me, and I forgot I was down there with the Harley and the family. It was winter. It was cold. You know what I mean? She said, what are you doing with that motorcycle in the basement? Get it out of the basement. Focal point in the room is what you build it around. It's the thing that you start off with, and then you build around this focal point. You see, and that's the way it is with Jesus. We should start with Jesus in our life, in every aspect of our life. Because he is the point. Jesus is the point when we start from that point, everything else will work better. I see it over and over and over. Folks come and they talk to me and they'll say, Ken, I'm having this issue. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I got this going on in my life. And I'll say, where's the Lord in this? Um, Well, you know, I've really been busy. I know. I know. I know. I know. And And it's valid. I get that. I know. But we should start with Jesus as the focal point in our lives. One of my favorite preachers, Rick Warren, says, we discover your identity and purpose through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because that's where we were made, that's what we were made to do, was to be in a relationship with him. God created man to be in a relationship with him. And until we do that, our lives are empty. Jesus is the point. Are you making him the point today in your life? You see the focal point? You see, I believe that Jesus wasn't just a good man. I believe that Jesus wasn't just another a, a preacher. I, don't, I believe Jesus wasn't just another rabbi. I believe that Jesus was the only begotten Son of God. And he came to save the world. That who would ever believe in him, whosoever believes in him should not perish. People say, well, you're, you're narrow-minded. It's, it's what the Bible teaches. It's what the book says. See, being a Christ follower isn't just about pulling ourselves up. Being a Christ follower isn't about being just good enough. Being a Christ follower isn't about being smart enough or being holy enough. Being a, a Christ follower is giving our lives to Jesus, making him the focal point, and let him walk with us and help us to carry these burdens. Because Jesus is the point. When we make him the focal point, other things in our lives will work better. Over and over again, I see people, I hear people tell me, say, you know what, when I got it lined out, I got my priorities straight. And that's what we're really talking about. You know, we're really talking about priorities. Jesus being the point is the priority. And so, you know, it can be chaotic like passing the ball. Life can get carried away from us and and our margins can become full of everything in the world. I want to remind you today, that Jesus is the point. Let's keep him as the focal point, not only in our individual lives, but even in this church. Now, I want to tell you some good things. God has been blessing this church like I can't even, it's amazing. This past week, two more people came in my office. One of them rededicated their life and one gave their heart to Jesus. There's nine people on the board to be baptized coming up. I told somebody the other day, I said, this is phenomenal. God is working. He's doing a work in this place that's amazing. And you know why? Because you are inviting people. You are being the church. You are carrying the message to the world. And it can be so easy sometimes when things start getting good to kind of go, well, you know, let's just put it on autopilot. We're not going to do that. We're going to keep the focus on Jesus. And we're going to keep Jesus the point. Can I get an amen with that? That's what he's called us to do. That's what he's calling you to do. That's what he's calling me to do. Now listen, you say, well, you're preaching at me today. Listen, I'm I'm preaching at me today. This message was for me. Because I'm the one that can run 4,000 directions and miss the point. You're the preacher. (laughs) Yeah, I am. But I'm also the same guy in Applebee's listening to a song, can't even listen to my wife speak sometimes because I'm so carried off. You you get in my drift, you follow what I'm saying? And sometimes we just need to be reminded. So I pray that you take this in the spirit today, that I'm not preaching at you, I'm talking about us as a church, that we stay focused. And when somebody says to us, Jesus is, I want you to remember that Jesus is the point. Jesus is the point. Jesus is the point. If something that causes me to lose my focal point in my life, then it's time to leave it alone. I need to let it go. Maybe there's something in your life today. You know what one of the things that got got me sideways? was the very thing that God gave me the gift of, music. It's crazy, isn't it? One of the very things that God blessed me with, I took that and got totally sideways, upside down, and misfocused on things, and I lost my point. So how do we do this? We might ask the question, what do I need to say no to that's stopping me from saying yes to God? What am I doing? What what do I need to say no to that is stopping me from saying yes to God? I love that old song. It says, all to Jesus I surrender, all to him I owe. Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, Jesus said, and I will give you. My prayer is today that you come to him. Perhaps you've come to him, and, and you've walked with him, and you've been a little distracted, and, and so maybe, you know, it's time to just stop and say, you know what, Lord, I want to I I give this back to you, and I want to give this to you, and redirect, rededicate my life to you, and refocus. Maybe you're here today, and you've never made that commitment, and, and you're just tired. The Holy Spirit's speaking to you, and you maybe saying, you know, come unto me, and give it to him. Our passage today, I believe we can learn a couple of things. One is the question, who is Jesus? Jesus is the point. Our lives can get all, a whack, all out of whack, and our priorities can get upside down, but the solution is this, coming to Jesus and learning of him and his ways. He's offering that to us. And in that, in that, we can find rest. And my prayer is that we find some rest, and we find hope in Jesus. Amen. Father, I thank you for this passage of scripture that talks about the opportunity that we have to come to you, that you stand willing and ready to give us rest. In the middle of the chaos of the world, sometimes it seems like rest is the farthest things from our mind. So, Lord, I pray today, God, that uh, your word has went out and you've spoken to people. and, And God, I pray that we will listen to what you say to each of us. And then those things that we're facing in our lives and there may be things in our lives today that we know are causing us not to have rest and we don't know how to deal with that, Lord. I just pray we would lay it in your hands and as we go forward that you'll show us ways to work through those things. It's not always easy and it's not always immediate, God. But if we begin focusing on what you want us to do, Lord, you'll speak to us. So I pray, God, for our congregation. I pray for our guests today. I thank you, God, for everybody that you brought into this place. Thank you for the music worship time that we've had. As we go into this part of our service, Lord, I pray you continue to bless us. May hearts be cleared and refreshed. And when we leave in